Good morning and welcome. It's 8.07. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelers, where the answer is always yes. Mega Millions winning tickets sold. Neptune Beach Publix, $1.58 billion. One of your top stories this morning. Uh, And we've got others, including climate change. There could be other contributors besides your dirty, nasty SUV. Wow. We'll get to that as well. But right now, Congresswoman Kat Kamek joins us. And good morning, Kat. How are you? I'm doing good. I thought for sure when I heard that a Florida man won those those billions that it was going to be you, Bob. If uh, if I did, we'd be flying on my private jet right now having a good time. <laughs> Yep. Next time. We'll, we'll get it next time. Okay. Um, yeah, no no such luck here, but uh, many people, of course, have tried. I know you've been on this weaponization committee, the weaponization yeah. of government, you know, going after your political enemies and things like that and using the power of the government to do it. Very frightening thing. You're on that committee. I understand there's a, a report coming out later on today. Can you give us a little insight? Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is pretty scary <laughs> stuff that we're dealing with. And just to, to give some background and context, we early on in the year had started doing transcribed interviews and depositions with whistleblowers and FBI agents and and really forcing people to come in and talk about this issue where the FBI had specifically gone after those within the Catholic Church. I'm talking everyday folk. And this all stemmed from the Roe v. Wade ruling that when the Supreme Court overturned Roe, there was a lot of discussion of what would happen. Well, we found internal memos from the FBI saying that they were concerned about domestic violence, even going so far as to call it terrorism, that the pro-life community would be instigating violence. Now, I, I know that people watching or listening are probably like me thinking like, Okay, they've got the wrong side, clearly. Um, we all remember the the pregnancy crisis centers that were firebombed and targeted and people in the pro-life community who had been really abused and targeted by those in the pro-abortion community. And so there was a lot of violence. And so a memo went out saying we need to make sure that we're ahead, two steps ahead of these pro-lifers. So a memo went out, not just from the the Virginia office at the time, um, but many others that we didn't know about until recently, that was a directive saying to all of the FBI field agents to embed informants in the local Catholic churches. Wow. Wow. That. With, with all the, yeah with all the issues the the levels of crime that we are seeing uh, on our streets these days and use the resources of the federal government the FBI uh, to be embedded in the Catholic Church because they're worried that there could be some violent acts stemming from that which is interesting because if if the Roe v Wade thing wasn't uh, you know, repealed or whatever, then I could see where they would have maybe some level of concern, but it it was repealed. Wouldn't you be more afraid of violent acts on the other side of the issue? Absolutely. I mean, that, that was the, the whole thing of, as we were getting this information in these transcribed interviews, it, it was really a bombshell revelation that they had been doing this, one, but then, two, that they were specifically targeting the Catholic Church 
And at the time, and this was early in the beginning of the year, it was reported that it was only coming out of one field office. This new report today proves that the Washington office was sending directives out to multiple field offices across the country. I think that's pretty pretty damning. And when you look at the, the cities where we have field offices where they were getting this directive, Portland, nothing happening in Portland, right, Bob? Mm-hmm. You know, no, no crazy liberal Antifa activity happening out there. Uh, that was one of the field offices that was directed to embed uh, informants in the Catholic Church. And Los Angeles, the Los Angeles field office was also given that same directive. So they seem to be cherry-picking where they would embed informants. And, and I think, obviously, it doesn't take a genius to pull back that layer and say, hmm, we've seen a history of the FBI rewarding folks, actually giving them financial incentives and promotions, agreeing with the liberal progressive agenda you know we've seen them uh give gift cards to agents who actually go out and kneel with protesters things like that so it makes sense that these are the offices that are getting these directives because they can further their careers it's it's pretty wild stuff have you have you come across anything uh that has to do with the january 6th thing that shows a greater involvement of maybe uh, the federal government via the FBI or or CIA or whatever a greater involvement any any memos anything that uh, that you could use as evidence you know I think we're actually getting close because when you start piecing together all of the transcribed interviews that we've done across the FBI various organizations etc oftentimes we're we're literally just in these silos of DOJ and FBI and DOJ and FBI But then you pick up on some of the cues that they're saying in these interviews, and you're able to kind of draw that line across and say, hmm, the timeline on this is very interesting. And it's a giant puzzle that we're putting together. I think by the end of the year, we are going to have a very clear-cut case where we saw members of the FBI involved in January 6th. We're also getting whistleblowers coming forward now that the cookie is crumbling so to speak, on all of the various issues, whether it is the the censoring of Americans and, and the social media companies that have been directed to take down posts and before being forced by the Biden administration to do this in some cases, um, the FBI agents themselves in different field offices that are carrying out the directives, whether it's, you know, taking down license plate numbers of parents in parking lots or, you know, going and trying to embed informants in the Catholic Church. We're seeing this across the board. It's all kind of coming together in this big, almost sounds like a, you know, a Tom Clancy novel of just this mass, mass amount of coordination and suppression. But I think the picture will be very clear by the end of the year when we've been able to gather everyone's testimony. All the evidence. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. We'll see how the mainstream media also reports on this. We look forward to the initial uh, report that's going to come out later on. And then I want to make sure we don't have a lot of time, but uh, you helped to uh, co-introduce, co-write a a bill that's going to support aquaculture and seafood industries (laughs) here in Florida. No, this sounds pretty important. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's crazy is, um, you know, you're fighting so many battles on a lot of fronts. A lot of times people don't talk about the, the positive work that's being done. Um, you know, that, that is going to have a direct impact on our district and our state. And, and um, you know, being the chair of the Aquaculture Caucus, it's uh, really important that we start focusing on ways that we can direct more production here domestically. 
we import about 80% of our seafood in the country. And Florida is actually the number one state for consumption of shrimp. And just on our district alone, Cedar Key, number one producer of aquaculture in the state, very little attention has been paid to the federal government and their efforts to really regulate a lot of our industries out of business. And so this is a great effort, uh, actually a bipartisan effort, to make sure that we're supporting our local fishermen, getting all of those small niche industries supported because they actually are the backbone for a lot of the local communities like Cedar Key and Horseshoe Beach and Seton Hatching, Swanee and Apalachicola Bay all the way up. This is definitely an industry we certainly uh, could grow. It's already uh, producing about $100 million in sales annually, according to UF and IFAS. And I, I got that on a press release that I know you sent out. And uh, on that note, Congresswoman Kat Kamek, always uh, a, a pleasure. Please keep in touch with us. We're very concerned, well, with all the issues that you're dealing with in D.C. Thank you. Hey, appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, you too. We'll talk to you soon. Congresswoman Kat Kamek on the Bob Rose Show. It's 816 coming up. The New York Times recently ran a story about Clarence Thomas. And, well, they left out some factual information that's pretty critical to the story. I'll share it with you next on 97.3 The Sky.